It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday, April 20th, 2020. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. If you like our show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Joining us today, just a few days before the 2020 NFL Draft is scheduled to start, is Connor Rogers. Connor is the co-host of the Stick to Football podcast. And Connor, I believe you also have a new Jets venture. Uh, welcome to the show. That's right. What's up, John? Yeah, it's uh, me and Joe Caparoso did a, did a premium series called Badlands where we just kind of looked into the last 10 years of the Jets and, you know, what went wrong, why they didn't make the playoffs over that 10-year drought. And you know, we've kind of kept the uh, content flowing in there just with some pre-draft stuff and some great guests and some articles as well. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, whenever I could jump back into the uh, the joy that is the New York Jets, I can't pass it up, it seems like. Oh, man, my hat is off to you for looking back at the last decade of the Jets <laughs> because it's been rough. Uh, but we're looking yeah. forward today to the uh, 2020 NFL draft. So Jets right now own the 11th overall pick. So... Let me ask you this. Um, what's your realistic dream scenario? And I'm going to say realistic dream scenario because we all know Chase Young is not going to fall to 11. That would be probably be the best scenario for the Jets. But in terms of what you view as realistic, who's the guy you want at 11? Sure. I, I think for me, it would be Jedrick Wills from Alabama. Now, I think he should go. He should be a lock for the top 10. So when I, I'll just outline realistic as I would be very happy if they came away with one of the top three tackles, that is Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, you know, and Andrew Thomas from Georgia who could play on both sides. So I think when you look at it, for me, it's, you know, it's kind of simple. I, I want to see this team improve the offensive line. At ele- I would like to see them be able to, you know, stay at 11. I did, do not want them to move back from 11. And would I love, you know, CeeDee Lamb? I think CeeDee Lamb's an incredible player. I have him as a top five player in this class. I really would, and I would not complain if they took CeeDee Lamb. But I think they need to protect the quarterback, and that's why I look at those top three tackles. And and if any of them fell to them at 11, I think it's what they'll do, and I think it would be a big win for this team. 
Now, my follow-up question is that I, I noticed something. You mentioned the top three tackles. So you do not have Becton as high as the other three guys? I do not. And I, I think Becton is a, a very polarizing prospect, a very you know exciting prospect, and somebody that I would still consider myself very high on. I have him 17th overall. I just think there's a gap. You know, I, I have Wills, Werfs, and Thomas all in a row, 9, 10, 11, and then Becton at 17. And when you look at it, with Becton, it's just a big spectrum. The floor could be dangerously low. The ceiling can be incredibly high. And I think for the Jets, why I would love to see Makai Becton at six foot seven, three sixty five, you know, clearing the way for Le'Veon Bell, I think it's a big risk in a sense where it's a year where there's no OTAs, no rookie minicamp. This guy needs to be coached up. He, he has a little bit of a ways to go. And if he gets there, the dividends will be huge. But I think for the Jets specifically, they need a pro-ready guy. And I think the other three are just much further along right now. And I would add in, from my perspective, right now, the tackle position for you, for the Jets, you have George Fant, who is kind of a projection. And you have Chuma Adoga, who's a projection. So yes. you know, maybe you want to go with somebody who you're a little more confident is ready to step in on day one. That's how I feel, and I think I like that you outlined that because when I when I do shows or when I talk on Stick to Football, I, I don't like to just give the same rant in every situation. I think the Jets is a very particular one and one that I know you and I especially are very familiar with. This is a team where they need to get a surefire thing on either side. Now, what I like about Andrew Thomas is that he, you know, why he doesn't have the athleticism as Werfs or Wills or the highlight reel blocks like them. Thomas is a guy that came to Georgia as a true freshman, started at right tackle and was a freshman All-American and moves to the left side, two years at left tackle, permanent team captain, phenomenal player, uh, you know, one of the best tackles in the SEC. Really, you know, he's protecting a, a guy in Jake Fromm that couldn't move, which didn't make his life any easier. So I think when you look at that, that's the kind of guy that comes in and plays right away, and you almost forget he's there. And I would like to think like that for the Jets for once, where you're not – you know, it, it takes me back to when they had Brick for so long. And it felt like there weren't a lot of times where we were like, man, you know, if, if Brick wasn't getting beat all day, you know, Sanchez or whoever it was at quarterback throughout those years, you know, could have had a chance. And, and with Sam – you know, it it feels like that's the topic every week. It's like, and I, I thought Beecham was better than giving credit for. It's not Beecham's, you know, it's all not all on Beecham. I think it's, you know, Shell had his problems on the right side. When Adoga had to play on the left side, he really struggled. The interior's been bad. So just getting a plug-and-play player for the left or right side, it just solves another big issue. Now let's talk about the wide receiver position. I think you mentioned, is Lamb your top receiver? He is. So who do you have after Lamb? Is it is Judy number is, is Judy two rugs three? That seems to be the consensus I've seen. Yep. So I've I've Lamb fourth overall, Judy sixth overall, and Rugs twelfth overall. So all top fifteen players and exactly Lamb, Judy, and Rugs in a row. Now let's talk about we get into the, the second round. Let's say the Jets do what you want them to do and take a tackle at number 11 who would you which targets would which guys would you be hoping the jets would target in the second round unless you know something wild happens somebody you know maybe it's there's always a possibility somebody unexpectedly falls but realistically who do you think the targets are for the jets at 48 
Yeah, so we'll expect Lamb, Judy, and Ruggs, and Jefferson to be gone. And then you get into this crowded field where we just don't know how it's going to fall. I I like Michael Pittman at 48, best for the Jets, because he has a relationship with Sam Darnold when they played at USC together. Uh, He's a really good athlete. He's a big body player. He's a tough player, a great special teams player, awesome, a great hand, some of the best hands in the draft, wins in contested catch points, wins down the field. He he really checks every box you would want for your, you know, not, he, he really reminds me actually a little bit of Eric Decker in the style he plays and, and he's a little, he's tougher than Decker. So it's, you know, I, I really like Pittman at 48 if he makes it there. T Higgins has not had a good draft process. Maybe he slides to 48, another above the rim target that, that Darnold needs a guy like that, that you just throw it up to, uh, you know, I think Mims will be gone. I think Chenault has had his injury problems, and I think that'll scare the Jets, even though they have spoken with him. And I think Chenault, when he's healthy, is one of the most explosive players in the class. So we'll see how that goes. You know, I like the speed of K.J. Hamler. I I really do. I think when you lose Robbie, you need more speed. I just don't know if they'll take a guy that's small, 5'9", 178, uh, on the second round. And then the third round, there's just a ton of different players I love for this team. Lynn Bowden being the main one, Brian Edwards, Van Jefferson, all those guys can play right away. And if I were the Jets, I would double up in this position group on day two of the draft. Yeah, one of the things that I've said is that there's never a good time to need a wide receiver, but this is a good time to need a wide receiver because of the depth of this class. It really is. I mean, you could be sitting there. If somebody asked me, you know, if I was betting – on uh, if I bet that I think there'll be a pro bowler wide receiver from the first four rounds of this draft, uh, I, I would think about taking the bet. That's how strong this class is, how deep this class is. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's talk offensive line as we, as the, as we talk about day two, who are some of the maybe less heralded guys that you think could be in play for the Jets? So this is where I think they look at the interior. I think, you know, they're all in on tackle at 11 unless something goes drastically wrong. I think you look at the interior. Ruiz from Michigan, the center that can play guard, he'll be gone. I I think you get into the name like Robert Hunt is a guy that played right tackle in college. He'll play guard at the next level and he'll be very, very good guard, very good at that uh, when that day comes. Lloyd Cushenberry, the center from LSU because – Let's not forget McGovern can play guard if they need him to. So the Jets are going to look at this center class. Cushenberry, Matt Hennessy from Temple. Uh, you know, Nick Harris is small, but if they want to run outside zone, that's what he fits. So Nick Harris is another name. And then you look at some of the guards. You know, Tyree Phillips is just an absolute unit. I don't know if he'll fit their scheme if they want guys that can move really well. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they play that one. So there are options. It's not a strong interior class. It's really not. But I think it's this is a group, and those players I just mentioned will all be on the radar, especially with one of those third-round picks that the Jets have this year. 
So moving to the other side of the ball on defense, my read on this class, and you can tell me whether you agree with this or not, is that at corner, you have Jeff Okuda. And then after him, I'm not sure there's really a ton of premium prospects. I know you have Henderson at Florida, uh, maybe a couple other guys. But it seems like once you get past you know potential day one prospects, there are some guys who at least project as potential starters in this league. So, yes. And there's a time where I would sit here and say, I could see the Jets taking one of these corners at 48. And, and that time has passed because I don't think any of them will be there. Well, I agree with you that Akuda is Akuda's the premier player of the corner class. While Henderson will probably go in the top 10, I, I don't value him as a top 10 player. I value him as a top more 25 kind of player. I think there's going to be a run on corners in the top 40 picks where we're going to have Akuda, Henderson, Gladney, Christian Fulton, Jalen Johnson, A.J. Terrell, and Trevon Diggs all come off the board. Uh, and, I mean, God, it's, you know, that's a lot of players. You know, Jalen Johnson could go in the top 20. You know, Meek Robertson's probably going to play in the slot at the next level as much as I like him, so I don't think he'll go top 40. Noah Igbenogany from Auburn is another guy that could sneak in the top 40. So, there was a time where I thought the Jets would try to get one of these long outside press corners at 48. And that time has passed because I don't think any of them will be there. Uh, I'm fine with that. Push all the wide receivers down the board. I agree. And I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a thing where demand is going to create some bad decisions. And I'm not saying I don't like Jalen Johnson, A.J. Terrell, Trevon Diggs. They're fine players. I just think that it's, it's very bold to be taking them with a first-round pick. Okay. Uh, similar question, edge rusher. Um, you know, Chase Young is not going to fall to 11, obviously. And then after him, I, I, I can't imagine edge rusher happening at 11 for the Jets. So as you look to maybe day two or maybe even day three, are there any prospects who you think maybe the Jets should have their eye on? Yeah, so this is a pretty weak group. I mean, you know, corner at least has, has probably about 10 guys I really like, and they'll all go early. Edge does not. Chase Young will go second overall. Caleb on Chase on will go in the top 20. Uh, Yitor Gross Matos will go in the first round. And then you get into these players that, you know, we're targeting for the Jets here on day two. Bradley Anai from Utah would be my guy. I, I think when you look at his skill set, he's not going to be a three-down player. He's not a great run defender right now, and that's okay. The Jets need somebody that on passing downs can get in there pin their ears back and go. Anai has a plan when he gets after the quarterback, and he has a really good first step that helps that pass rush plan. He's a technician with his hands. He worked in a spin move this year. He really does a great job keeping tackles away from him to gain leverage on him, and he beats them with his first step. So Anai would be my guy at the top of the third round. I like Kenny Willekes on day three from Michigan State. Josh Uche, I think, is going to be overdrafted. Otherwise, I would say him. I think he goes in the late second round, and I wouldn't take him until the third or fourth. He's an undersized kind of guy that is a pass rush specialist. I just don't know. You know, a lot of his production was against poor competition. I think he's going to be overdrafted a little bit in this one. I like Terrell Lewis from Alabama. He just needs to stay healthy. And, you know, that's always a gamble with the Alabama guys. And, you know, I, I think – there's just not a sense of reaching at edge this year because the class is not very good. All right. Now let me put you on the spot a little bit and ask you for your favorite day three prospects. Mm. That is it's I would say Lynn Bowden, although I think he goes in the third round now. So maybe that doesn't count anymore. 
uh, you know, we'll see. Teams have concerns about Brian Edwards health-wise, so we'll see if he falls to day three. When you're looking at some more deep cuts, I, I love Antonio Gibson from Memphis. He played wide receiver there, slot wide receiver, but he, he started a game at running back, and it's some of the best running back film you'll see in this class. 6'2", 221, 439 speed. He's going to be a very good running back at the next level in my eyes, and he'll go on day three. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, a speedster on day three at running back. You know, Benjamin, just a hard-nosed player, once again at the running back position, that I think would complement Le'Veon Bell or at least be a, a good backup for Le'Veon Bell in the future. I, I like Sadiq Charles from LSU, if you can keep him on the field. I, I wonder if teams, since he is a good tackle prospect, just take him on day two anyway, even with some off-field concerns. So uh, He would be the tackle that I would look at for sure. I think he's an interesting one. A super deep cut is Cameron Clark from Charlotte. Uh, Clark played tackle at Charlotte. Some really good film against Clemson. A really nasty physical player. I think they'll move him to guard at the next level because of some concerns about length and pass protection athleticism. So uh, he's somebody that on day three I would take a swing at on the interior. I, I really – a couple of safeties I like, and this has nothing to do with the Jamal Adams chatter, more so the Jets need a third safety uh, you know, they tried to sign one this year, and it fell through. So I think you look at Kayvon Wallace from Clemson, Kenny Robinson from the XFL, a very interesting player. You know, first team All-Big 12 from West Virginia, academically ineligible. Uh, mom gets diagnosed with cancer. He goes to the XFL to make some money and, and hopefully boost his draft stock. And I think he did. I think he played very, very well. So I like Kenny Robinson on day three coming from the XFL, and I think he'd be a fine third safety. So you know, there's a lot of players in this. And the slot corner class is, is pretty loaded up for day three. And with Brian Poole on another one-year deal, I think the Jets need to start thinking thinking about finding, you know, a, some insurance behind him. And my last question will just be focused away from the draft. What are your overall impressions of the job Joe Douglas did in free agency this year? I thought it was mediocre, to be honest with you. I, I can't expect the guy to come out and fix everything in one offseason. You know, and obviously, you know, we, I think we all loved McCagnan's first offseason, and it, it got them 10 wins, and they were aggressive, and, and then it all fell apart. So you can't judge a guy on one offseason, good or bad. I just think that is this offense better around Sam Darnold right now? No, it's not. They lost Robbie Anderson, who was his best wide receiver. You know, I – think George Fant is a downgrade at left tackle compared to Kelvin Beecham. So now they've made a huge upgrade at center with Connor McGovern. They added some bodies at guard that you hope can help this year. You, you hope that Chris Herndon can get healthy, and you hope that they have a huge draft on offense. So I'm not just going to judge the guy on just free agency, but I would be sitting here lying to you and saying they knocked it out of the park because I think – I would say my biggest problem is losing Robbie Anderson at that number because if you bring him back, it, it takes one more need off the table, a pressing need where you go, okay, they couldn't get a top-tier tackle in free agency, but we know they're going to get one in the draft. And we feel good enough at wide receiver where we only need to add one or two in this draft in later rounds. So it's, just, it's, it's a tough, tough sell for me when you're creating more holes. All right. Well, Connor, thank you so much for taking the time during this busy season. Of course, John. Thanks for having me, man. It's always good to talk to you. And uh, stay safe and en enjoy the draft as much as we can as Jets fans, right? Absolutely. You too.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for listening to our show today. This has been the Locked On Jets Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, subscribe to this podcast and leave it a good review. Hope you have a good Monday, everybody, and we will chat again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.